Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. To us, you know, around the city doing it better than this. Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, Clippers, Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come on, come on. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Yo, 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 welcome back to the best fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast, presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay, the Fantasy Football Fiend himself. I got my bros with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? Yeah, my guy, your guy, bro, Joe, the Ricky aficionado. Holla at him, Joe. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Yo, this show is going to be jammed, packed. We have your news and notes, and we're going to be going through our first few tiers of wide receivers, getting you ready for that. Obviously, wide receiver is how most teams are normally kind of propped up or built in most cases. Um, they're, they're more wide receivers than any other position, so you definitely have to you know, dive deep and make sure you're getting your bang for your buck. We're going to make sure that you get all that info. Join us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. Make sure that uh, you're paying attention there because a lot of times we'll get information out to you before we may have an opportunity to record it on the show or maybe the show has already been recorded and then something else happens, you know, in the the world of football that we kind of want to give you our opinion on and let you know how it's going to affect things prior to the next show. So make sure you join us there. But for now, we're going to go right ahead and hop on into the news. And now your fantasy news. All right. So let's start out with our quarterbacks. Right now, there's a bit of a competition. I'm not sure if it's in jest or if it's just in words, but uh, Matt Jones and Bailey Zappi are battling it out right now. Um, um, based on the performances and OTAs, Matt Jones looks like he's the, you know, in the driver's seat, if you will, according to Chris Mason of MassLive.com. But there is a may the best guy win mentality going on right now versus Mac Jones just being handed over the job. Uh, we've heard some scuttlebutt about DeAndre Hopkins also right now as we speak um, being in Foxborough. So obviously having DeAndre Hopkins is going to help any quarterback, whether it be Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. But my question isn't more so about the competition. My question is about possibility of deandre hopkins signing there if he does sign there how much of an effect do you think that that has on mac jones like where does he where where do the rankings change like if he was like ranked number 20 on your list right now how far does he move by getting that guy or does it really not move the meter at this point whether he had him or not well i mean hopefully people have been listening to me the last show you know what i'm saying i've been speaking on this not just d hop but Mac Jones being a, you know, a value. And I mean, what what quarterback won't you know be uh, see a boost or you know see some type of growth? I mean, you're receiving a receiving a you know a top wide receiver in this league. Uh, of course, I think it'll definitely have an effect on him, his numbers. Of course, I'm looking for him to be better than last year due to you know the whole offensive shamble. Uh, you can't even. In all honesty, man, I don't think the Mac Jones owners. Uh, should even look at it last year. Just erase that thought out of your mind and kind of like see him as this is his second year going on. He's kind of building on year one. You know, I think that how you should view him coming into the season. So I definitely think it's going to be a boost. Uh, now, at the same time, I don't think D Hop is going to be a wide receiver one. Um, okay. I don't, think, I don't think this is, I don't think this is Randy Moss 2.0 in New England. Okay. Uh, but I do think, you know, him being added to, the you know the mind of Bill O'Brien that it could do uh do well for uh, Mac Jones. So Joe, let me ask you this: What do you think Mac Jones' ceiling is with Hopkins, and what do you think his ceiling is without Hopkins? I would view it the same. I mean, I think Vander made a good point. I just want to piggyback off what he said and kind of add a little bit more. I don't think 
D. Hopkins becomes a number one wide receiver. I also think I think Mac Jones is going to play relatively well. So, I, but I don't think he puts him over the top. I don't know what it is about the Patriots and like free agent wide receivers, but Reggie Wayne went there at one point or another. Andre Johnson went there one time or another. Chad Ochocinco went there one way, you know, or another. And uh, I would have to just see it to believe it, man. Like with this D Hop thing, I don't, I don't, I think D Hop is a good player. I just don't know how the system will look around him. But I'm interested to see. Be honest. Now, with you. now keep in mind the system that's going to be around him is the system that he thrived in with the Texans because Bill O'Brien is going to be the offensive coordinator. Well, you know they say two things can be true, right? What Bill O'Brien are we going to see? Because the Bill O'Brien in New England wasn't the Bill O'Brien in Houston. Bill O'Brien was moving around the, the the slot and the two tight ends that one year he had Gronk, Hernandez. I think they had Welker. Those guys yeah. are the ones eating. He went to Houston, and it was totally different, right? He didn't have those tight ends. He had like Jordan Atkins and right. And so he was able somebody to, else. He was able to adjust. But what I'm saying is, he has more in the cupboard now coming back to New England. So mm-hmm. um, D Hop is an addition, but at the same time, let's not forget this division. You know who Miami has now? Jalen Ramsey. You know who the Jets have? Sauce Gardner. You know who the Bills got? Uh, what's my boy's name? Um, Jadavius White. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. he gonna see some. These are these are like top. All three of those guys are let's say top seven corners in his league. Maybe top ten. Agreed. You know. Agreed at, for sure. Like Jadavius may be on his way. Jadavius, off of the list, you know, kind of right, right. But Sauce and and, and, and Ramsey could. Oh, they there for it's long. It's argument. Time. They could be one and two. Yeah, they there for the long haul. You know what I mean? So <laughs> for he, sure. So six games. He got his work cut out for him. Well, I guess the part that I'm looking at is if we get him, the fact that now he'll be the one going against those number one guys versus whoever the heck we got right now, which I don't even know. Like, that scares me more than anything. Not having a Hopkins and whoever the number one receiver is being covered by the guys you just mentioned. Tyquan Thornton going against those guys? Feel comfortable about that? Juju? No, but, but I mean, but, but again, I don't feel that, with but again that that helps the other guys because he'd just be a, right. What's what I'm looking for? Uh, a decoy. He that's all he'll be at that point. Yeah. So, so guys like the the tight end and, and Juju Smith Schuster would eat. If that's the case, but, because but that's my point. Without having him there to be the decoy, they need somebody that's going to take the attention. No, I, I think they'd be fine anyway because name. I think they'd be fine anyway because all those corners we name, they stay mm-hmm. on the outside. Well, that's so they would never For touch the, the tight end. They right. never well. Does does um does White travel to the slot at no, all? No, no. Okay. I, I, now I think Ramsey. Sometimes Ramsey will follow you around a little bit. He may follow think, Juju around, but yeah, that's a little scary because a lot of guys they, they still him and Howard. They they he he may just follow whoever the best wide receiver is uh, with, with Miami now. So dude, yeah. that'll that'll be interesting. Like the whole it, isn't it kind of crazy like. We went from the years of the AFC lease to the AFC East possibly being, would it be hyperbole for me to say that that's the best team? I mean, not excuse me, the, the, the best division? Like from top to bottom when you look at it, New England is the worst team right now possibly. Like depending on – but that defense is stupid. So if the offense can just take a step up, I, I really believe that those teams are very comparable, although people might not look at it that way at the moment. Yeah, this is a this is a tough division. Yeah, the AFC in general, right? It's not even yeah, about this division. Real. I mean, you got the AFC West. I'm looking for the Broncos to be better. The Chiefs, you already know what they're coming with. The Chargers right. are going to be floating around somewhere. Uh, the Raiders still have, you know, the guys on the team. I mean, then you got teams emerging like Jacksonville. Right. Like, this is the, the AFC alone is is, is pretty tough. And then most of the young quarterbacks went to the AFC too. They <laughs> went to uh, Houston, Indy. The AFC is stacked. Aaron Rodgers may wish he had stayed in the NFC to, to get a little bit of traction because he has some. Uh, in my opinion, I, I don't. I don't think it's going to go as smooth as you know some would hope. We'll see how that works out. To a tongue of Aloha, he's bulked up for year four. He's added noticeable size and strength. I don't know if that helps you as it pertains to concussions. Um, they're also saying that he undertook jujitsu. Um, that I think can help him more than anything because that's kind of teaching you how to how to fall. Like 
I think a little bit of baseball would have helped out in there a little bit as well. Like he he needs to know how to hit the ground without his head bouncing off of it. So, but um, yeah, he he's bulked up. He's uh, taking this year seriously. Um, do we think Tua may be one of those guys that you don't see coming because you let what could possibly go wrong blind you, or is it our proposed to not want to tie your season to Tua? Uh, me personally, man, um, I think uh, Michael White will get a start this year. Okay. <laughs> take with that what you want. You know what I mean? Um. So that means it ain't a it, it ain't concussion because if he get one of those, he out for several weeks. Look for here. Sure. How many times you you a boxing you you matter of fact you a UFC guy? How many times you seen a big guy get knocked up? So he can go out here and Almost lift all the week. weights. He can get twenty pounds of muscle. He can do Agreed. all the he can do. I'm gonna learn how to fall, man. When when it's full speed, there's no such thing as I'm learning how to fall. You get hit, you get slung, slung down, whatever. Like the chances of him hitting that head is extremely high. So all that doesn't say anything for me at all. I, don't, I mean, I don't care about who he worked out with, Mike Tyson for the summer. I don't care who he worked out with. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it doesn't change anything going on with that head. He got. A couple of the rookie quarterbacks are already kind of taking over first team reps. Bryce Young is working with the first team. C.J. Stroud is working with the first team. Anthony Richardson is also working with the first team, but it looks like he's still splitting uh, reps versus it being his first team, if that makes sense. So we got a, a few rookies that are kind of putting themselves in position to do what they need to do. Um, looking at the wide receivers, it's been out there that Brandon IU he may just be ready to kind of propel himself to the next level. Uh, even his teammate, Debo Samuel, uh, who's yet to participate in OTAs himself, is indicating that Ayuk is burning everybody, and it doesn't really matter who's throwing on the ball. So, is this just camp talk, or do we see Brandon Ayuk taking that year three leap that a lot of receivers take, and we might want to pay attention because he may be a value? Well, he's actually going into year four. Um, oh, okay, year four. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was year three. But if, if Brock Purdy is not at the helm, then mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much I, I buy into this. I mean. We, that's when we started to see IU take the leap. When Brock Purdy was the quarterback, they had a nice uh-huh. little chemistry, and he was able to get a thousand yards receiving last year. I think it's his yeah. first time doing that. Uh, yep. but, seventy-eight uh, receptions, uh, one thousand fifteen yards, and eight tutties. He would not have had that season if Jimmy G was the quarterback. Is all I'm saying. I agree. Um, I agree. We even see the 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 reawakening of uh, George Kittle. Remember Kittle? Yeah. I mean, so For I think sure. long as Purdy's at the helm, IU should be on pace to have a maybe a nice wide receiver two season. Uh, but okay. if, if if we got uh, Trey in there, who knows? And if Darnold in there, who knows? I think it's just a mystery with these guys. But I think if Pretty can come back and play like the Pretty we've seen, I definitely like uh, Ayuk as a wide receiver too. Hey, Joe, how you feeling about this Stefan Diggs situation? You know, he's uh, <laughs> he's been himself. Uh, like I, I believe at this point that it's kind of a him th- as much as he wants to win and as much as the desire to see you know a positive result on the team I think his 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 attitude can kind of rub people a little bit raw do you, do you think that Buffalo is just going to continue to deal or might he get dealt so yeah with the Stefan Diggs scenario man I kind of I actually was looking into it before the show right so going into it uh everybody thought it was contractual and all these different things, and he kind of shut all that down. So it must be at this point, it has to be uh, something personal because it's not contractual. It's not anything pertaining to getting traded from what you know we've seen from his agent, et cetera, and so forth. I don't know. It's I, I don't want to put on Josh Allen, or I don't know what the thing is, but it seemed like ever since that playoff game with eight, when they had that back and forth, it just wasn't right. I think, honestly, what my personal opinion is, it just comes down to volume. I think, you know, obviously he wants to be the guy. He wants to win. He wants to be the alpha on the team. And I'm not saying this is bad things. We know as far as character and pedigree, he's one of the best players and most competitive players And as far as a wide receiver, in my personal opinion. But I think it's whatever the issue is, it has to be with somebody in the staff. It has to be with the individual. Uh, he – he is going to eventually partake in mini camp. It's been said, but I don't know, man. I, as far as him getting traded, I've been I've been thinking about that a little bit. But his contract is so like cap friendly at this point for them. It's like you don't want to move him until you burn a bridge at this point. And whatever this is, I think it's mendable for the time being. Juju Smith Schuster is still on the men with an undisclosed injury. 
uh, still sidelined, which makes the um, Hopkins news that much more pertinent, if you will. But um, he's dealt with some knee issues at the end of last season um, when he was with the Chiefs. And we are unsure if it's maybe a resurgence of that injury or if it's something completely new. But as of right now, um, Juju is a little bit under the weather. Hopefully he'll be able to come back around soon enough that he can kind of get that install package as far as the Patriots offense is concerned. But that's what's going on there now. Zay Flowers is back at practice. He um, had an undisclosed injury on last week. He is back out there doing his thing. Cooper Cup restructured his deal so they converted about 13.9 million of Cup's salary into a signing bonus. So that's normally some type of a signal that they have a plan to make some other type of move or go grab somebody, wouldn't you say? I mean, the history of the, the Rams, uh, yeah, I think that's highly likely. Uh, you know, their owner, he's all in. He's one of those all in kind of guys. They just signed to Marcus Robinson. There, so they still kicking tires on guys like that. Um, but who's available? That's the thing. Who, who, That's who's... what I'm trying to see. Like, who 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 are you trying to make that opening for? Yeah, who's who's really out there is the question. I don't think it. Maybe be... um, Chase Young. I think Chase Young is an interesting prospect for a lot of teams. Uh, I think the Kansas City Chiefs may come looking around. I mean, they did lose Frank Clark, right? Yeah, um, and they have who's their D tackle who's holding out right now. Chris Jones. They had some Chris. Okay. He's an interesting guy. Yeah. I mean, he, he, everybody know the study was coming out of Ohio State. And if you put him around, I think he need to be around some good guys as far as talent wise. And then he'd be able to, you know, show his more. He don't want to be the guy really getting keyed on, if that makes sense. So you still got, I mean, there's some guys out here that you can really be, you can make a pretty formidable defensive line. I mean, you still got Clowney out here. You got some guys yeah. like, and added with a, uh Aaron Donald, it could look pretty scary. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Right. Exactly. The Rams just lost a, a Floyd, Floyd right, yep. to the Bills. It could be. It could be one of those guys like a Clowney or a Chase Young or maybe both. Hell, who knows? Because neither one are stranger to injury. So if, if you're going to get one, maybe you yeah, need to get no, the other. More the merrier. I mean, right now, it's, you know, it's a copycat league. Uh, we've seen the Giants do it years back on their Super Bowl run. And then we've seen the Eagles this past year where they're just getting all these fresh bodies. It's all about defensive line, controlling the line of scrimmage, which is, my, in my opinion, the, the best way to win football games, is, whether it's offensively or defensively. If you're controlling the line of scrimmage, you're going to be victorious. And the Eagles have shown they was able to control actually both sides. Uh, right. That's why they were able to go on their run last year. But uh, you may see guys trying to you know grab all these bodies. I mean, the Eagles did last year again with – with Sue and and, Le- and Le'Veon Joseph very late in the season, so yeah, I think with the Rams salary cap situation, I think more so is just looking at it's looking ahead towards this season, being able to add people during the regular season. They're they don't you know they went they went all in the last few years, and it's killed them with as far as salary cap and what they what they're able to do as far as salary because before this they only had one point three million in cap space before he restructured so. I think this is just like geared towards the season more so than an addition. And then going to Juju real quick, I think this knee thing is something serious because if you look back at his career, he had the knee issue going back to 2019 when he missed four games. It popped back up in 2020. It popped back up this past season, week one, and then also during the AFC title game. And now it's keeping him out of – mini camp i think we got to definitely monitor juju from if somebody owns them maybe it might be a sell hot opportunity depending what we we get more information about in the coming weeks and that pretty much wraps up the news let's go ahead and hop into our wide receiver ranking All right, good people. So we're going to hop right into our wide receiver rankings. Again, we do tier-based rankings. So we are going to give you a bird's eye view as to where we actually think each individual is going to end up ranked. But more so importantly, we're looking at the tiers that they fall in because we kind of feel like the other wide receivers that are within our same tiers are going to come out somewhere in the same realm as far as points are concerned. So, Joe, why don't you go ahead and start us out with your tier one um, let us know how many uh, wide receivers you have in the tier, and then tell us who they are. Yeah, man. So, I, honestly, my first tier, I wanted to kind of keep it real small. I actually got three wide receivers. So, I got Jamar Chase, 
Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill for my uh, tier one. I I, I kind of got the same guys as Joe in my tier one receivers, but out of respect, I'm going to squeeze. I'm going to add Cooper Cup in there in the discussion as well. I know he went out with an injury last year, uh, but before the injury, man, this dude was on pace to do something crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think people got away from who Cooper Cup is. You know what I'm saying? Um, Agreed. And, and he's all connected to Stafford. If Stafford's hurt, then he's hurt. You know what I'm saying? They're, those now these guys are truly connected. Like you got a lot of wide receiver, uh, quarterback combos out there, but I think these guys are really connected at the hip. Like if one goes, the other one gonna go right with them. Like they can't they can't survive without without one another. So as long as Stafford is healthy, Cooper Cup is damn sure a, a tight a wide receiver one. I mean. It, it didn't look no different the year before. Those first, what, nine weeks of the season, he was, uh, he was tearing it up. I mean, it's the same Cooper Cup. High targets, high catches. I mean, he gets 15 targets. He catches 13 of them. He gets 19 catches. He gets 19 targets. He catches 15 of them. It's not like a, you know, like he's catching 50% of the passes. Like, it's high. So, and we know Stafford is looking for him. No one has came in to take targets away from him. So, uh, I'm gonna go with the three guys that Joe said: Jefferson, Chase, Hill, and I'm gonna add Cooper Cup to my tier one. This is interesting, so I'm glad we went in the order that we went in because my tier one is the same as yours, Vander, but I added one out of respect. <laughs> so I have Jefferson, Jamar, Cooper, Tyreek, and I'm also putting Stefan Diggs in this tier. I think we forget that on the team he's currently paying playing for. He's been the overall number one wide receiver in fantasy before. So it's within the realm of his possibilities to do so again. And the fact that he's been the squeaky wheel early, because I honestly think that whole dust up was about him getting to camp, him looking at the playbook, realizing that they still haven't added enough to the playbook for his liking and him just kind of being like, okay, if this is what we're doing, I'm out. I think that's kind of what the dust up was. So he's making his petition known early. And I do believe that because no additional wide receiver help. Now, they did add um, Kincaid. He's a rookie. You know, we know how that, you know, can go with tight ends. But no one of significance was added that's going to take away targets from him. So I believe it's still within his ramble possibilities to be you know the number one overall wide receiver which is why i have him in the tier with the four other guys that i feel it's within their realm of possibilities to be number one overall joe go ahead and hit us up with your tier two. Oh yeah so with my tier two i have uh in this order i got lamb Diggs, garrett wilson uh Devontae adams aj brown and i got cup yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. I feel like it's self-explanatory. I think, but I think more so with CD Lamb, like we was. I, I can't say we. I'm gonna speak for myself. I was questioning last year: is he gonna be the alpha dog and uh, show up? And uh, CD definitely did his part. And just similar to what we just said in regards to Cooper Cub and a few other names already, is like who else? What did they bring around this guy? Who did they add? You know, opposite to him, Brandon Cooks is Brandon Cooks. But we saw what happened when Hilton uh, went there. His role, you know, if anything, Hilton, you know, boost bolster uh, Lamb's production. I think he's going to have an even better year um, in this offense. I, I think he's for real, so I, I definitely bumped him up. I'm going to lay off Garrett Wilson because we already know how I feel about him, so I don't have to talk about him. Uh, I moved Cup back because I think everybody made a great point. Like, when Cup was on the field, he was he already was at like oh, more than like 1,100 yards before he got hurt, close to it. Um, he was going to have a phenomenal season. But it's a lot of pieces left, you know, lost on that defense. And I think, you know, with attrition, especially what they weren't able to do on offense, as far as the offensive line, we might see Stafford hurt yet again. I, I just – I know he can carry it. That's why, obviously, he's still in the That's top. definitely in the realm of possibilities. Like, like he's, he, he's not younger or – well, he's not injured anymore, but he's not any less likely to get hurt for sure. Uh, I'm just surprised by moving Garrett Wilson up so early. I get it. Understand the buzz, but uh, my tier two, I got Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, uh, C.D. Lamb, and uh, Stephon Diggs. Uh, that's it. That's it for me in the tier two uh, round. 
So interestingly enough, I actually have Garrett Wilson in my tier two as well. Um, he kind of rounds out tier two. He's the last wide receiver um, there. I have Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, C.D. Lamb, and Garrett Wilson as wide receivers six through ten. Devontae Adams has all the talent in the world. I just feel like, you know, his quarterback situation. The same thing that you were saying about the San Francisco pass catchers taking a step forward because Garoppolo isn't throwing them the ball anymore. That's the same reason I don't feel Adams is going to be tier one because Garoppolo is throwing him the ball. I'm a Ross St. Brown. I have him slated right where he was last year. He, he ended up at wide receiver number seven overall. I have him right behind A.J. Brown as wide receiver eight overall. So the thing about Garrett Wilson for me is based on the division that he's in, based on who his quarterback is, and based on the other wide receivers on his team, there's no way that he isn't going to be a target hog. And there's also, in my humble opinion, no way he doesn't do a little bit more with those targets being slightly more on point as they're being thrown to him by one Mr. Aaron Rodgers. So not only do I think that he's going to you know, still be a target hog, but I also believe that he's going to be in a more advantageous situation because Rodgers may get him a few more touchdowns and definitely a few more points than he could have possibly seen with the other guys that were going to be there throwing on the ball. Yeah, real quick. I mean, I, I like I like Gary Wilson. Um, I got him in my my next tier, but I did hear Aaron Rodgers came on and said uh, he might have the best receiver in the league this year. So <laughs> when I heard that, I was so like, oh. see, so he immediately like after they first practice, he started comparing them to Adams. He was like, I yeah. know another number seventeen that has a lot of these same traits. So yeah, so if for that, no like, other uh -oh. reason, Rodgers is going to want to kind of prop him up just to be able to say, look. I was able to recreate what but, I, had I mean, but we, but we know Rogers, man. If he get a talented wide receiver, they're gonna be, they're gonna do a thing. He I gonna mean, lock on to him. Look at look at Jordy Nelson. You know the yeah. end of those years. You know what I'm yeah, saying? So absolutely. He he gonna hell. I remember before that, Greg Jennings. Jordy and, was that Jordy was that deal too. Him, him and the Rogers just had this like this, this kinetic thing. You know what I'm saying? So. Now, Joe, go ahead and hit us off with your tier three and remind us what wide receiver rank is starting out your tier three. Okay, so I'm at I'm going from ten to twenty to ten to twenty with this one. In this tier, I got Jalen Waddle, I got Olave, I got Metcalf, I got Calvin Ridley, I got uh, Debo, I got DJ Moore, Devontae Smith. I got Amirad at 19 and then uh Deontay here at 20. I, I was I was really fumbling uh, going up higher with Deontay. I really think uh this is a really good opportunity to buy low on him. Um just look at like everybody gonna say, like, you know, zero touchdowns, not even a thousand yards. But when I really did a deep dive, like the Steelers was last in passing touchdowns last year. They were 22nd in the red zone last year. Um, but looking on the positives to, you know, him on the other hand, he was eighth in targets, and that's higher than Amin Ra, A.J. Brown, D.K. Bentley-Calf. With those 147 targets, that's like an anomaly, right? Are we going to definitely say that somebody's going to have zero touchdowns? Are we going to actually think that he's going to also have – where was he with his catching percentage? I think he was like middle in the league with catching percentage, but all those numbers are can be easily rectified in the offseason. I think having – the, it's addition by subtraction. Like getting an offensive tackle definitely help. Getting somebody, uh, like you know, obviously having dentry, fire move, but also getting a new one, Daryl Washington or Darnell Washington from the draft is going to help as well too. Even Allen Roberts, I think all these things. It's, it's a great opportunity to like buy low on, on this productivity because they're going to pass the ball a ton more next year. Uh, and I think number, I think the take like when you want, uh, when you look at. His numbers, you're like, oh, whatever. But when you really look at breaking down and what he was able to do on the field, all he has to do, all you're asking him to do is concentrate. And and I think that's was the major thing with all these targets. And the depth of targets was like 6.4 average catch. Or it's, really, it's mightily low. I think they're really going to take the top off with this offense uh, next year. So I like him uh, a lot to round up uh, at number 20. I like it. I like it. What you got for us, young man? Uh, my tier three. It's going to be more like from 9 to 16. I got Jalen Waddle on my St. Brown. I have Garrett Wilson here, DK Metcalf, Amari Cooper, Devonta Smith here, T. Higgins here, 
Christian Watson here. And this is going to round off my tier three. So mine went from wide receiver 11 up to wide receiver 17. Um, starting out tier three for me, I have Devonta Smith. Chris Olave is my last wide receiver one coming in at wide receiver 12. Jalen Waddle, T. Higgins, Amari Cooper, DK Metcalf, and DJ Moore. I have pegged to take a bit of a leap, if you will, based on his change in situation and scenario. My tier three goes to wide receiver 17. Joe, go ahead and pick up where you left off. Oh, yeah, man. So going into tier four, I have about seven guys in this one. So in this one, I got uh, Jerry Judy. I got Terry McLaurin. I got Keenan Allen. I got Amari Cooper. I got Drake London. I got to put my boy DPJ in this one. Ayuk and Mike Williams. So in this one, out of this bunch, I really want to touch on DPJ. Again, I think it's another buy low opportunity. So I had to do a deeper dive because I'm like, he was doing crazy well, and then next thing you know, ironically, weeks 13 to 17, he fell off. So I looked at um, Deshaun Watson's numbers. So in those six games, he had a QB rating of 79.1 and then a QBR of 38.3. And that's set three from the bottom as far as QBR for a quarterback. Those numbers were atrocious the last half of the season. All those things considered, that's why I was really shocked they went to like from – I understand Watson's the guy, but if it wasn't broke, don't fix it with somebody who was actually moving the offense and able to matriculate the ball somewhat down the field. Uh, DBJ, I'm like, I think a lot of people like look at Elijah Moore. They're looking at um, the guy that just got uh, Cedric Tillman from Tennessee. Obviously, they have Bell there, but the Watson I just said in numbers, the 38.3 QBR. That dude is on a mission. Like I, like, I think we already had it on the show. We already talked about him on the show, so it can't be redundant. But the second the season was over, he was already training. And he looks, he looks like he, like he about to go off this year. And they also lend in the offense to that. They already, Stefanski already said it that they're going to be more of an aggressive passing team, and they're going to play more to Watson's strength. And I feel like you know, in this case, we're getting him. Uh, what's that guy who always was injured with uh, Houston? What was it? Was it Miller? I, I, I feel so bad missing his name. The one that Houston? Out, yeah, Houston. Uh, Deshaun Watson, his wide receiver in Houston. He went to Miami, um, broke his thumb, never played it down in the game. Oh, Fuller. There we go, Fuller. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, Fuller. Fuller. This is his Fuller, and, that, and, that, and that's how I look at it with this offense. I really think um, his ceiling is going to be really high. Like, uh, 25, I'm not saying he's an elite guy. He's a number one wide receiver, but a good buy-in for a wide receiver, too. What was impressive before um, Watson, you know, came in, those numbers were what they were. This dude was really consistent and getting five, six receptions, catching along the long ones and those deeper passes. Like, this guy can take the top off of the offense. And I think with what they're transitioning to, moving away from, you know, that the personnel, like that personnel grouping of a 22 personnel, 21 personnel to more, you know, three wide receivers, I, I, I like him there to round out my wide receivers. Go ahead and pick up where you left off, young man. All right, my tier four. And I just want to remind some of the listeners that, you know, we're going by tiers, and these is tier four guys, but these guys are could be, you know, pretty much wide receiver two. Dogs. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So don't think like, oh, this is going to be like a wide receiver three or wide receiver four. No, 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 no. And, and, and also look at the rank. Wide receiver one and two is basically one through 24. So every, every 12, you go back. So – we're still within, you know, the, yeah, the top I mean, 24. Some so of these don't, guys don't are going to be, not yeah, right here in these tiers, there's going to be some wide receiver tools in there for sure. Absolutely. Maybe some guys that could peek into wide receiver one territory. So just wanted to put that out there. somebody going to get hurt, somebody going to underperform. Like a, a lot of these guys are going to be I mean, just to have some gems down here, guys who produce year in and year out. I mean, yeah. they just – some of them have fall due to their situation, new coaches and things like that, but these guys are in it. I'm going to start with Debo Samuel. I have Keenan Allen here, a guy, of, like I said, this is tier four, but this is a, you know, one of those guys. Um, I have Terry McLaurin here, Chris Olave, Christian Kirk, Mike Williams, Kadarius Toney, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Chris Godwin, George Pickens. I think he's going to make a move this year. I got Marquise Brown, Kevin That Ridley. was interesting to me. Which one? Pickens. 
Yeah. Because I love Pickens, but I, I'm still not. Look, it's the as quarterback. in the bet that me and Joe I already it. made, it. <laughs> it's the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, again, Calvin Ridley. This is tier four, but this guy can very well be a wide receiver one. With some of the, I agree. Know, some of the, the, the talks coming out of camp, the rumblings. Uh, we have Brandon Ayuk, and then the most disrespected Rodney Dangerfield of the NFL, Mike Evans. I knew you was about to say his name. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield, like he, what, what more? What more he got to do? What more he got to do? It's just one of those things. Like what more? The boy already a Hall of Famer. You know what I'm saying? He's disrespected every year. He's disrespected. And some way, somehow, when it's all said and done, he finds a way to be up there. So that's probably going to round out my tier four guys. So a lot of the guys that you guys have named in your tier four are in mine as well. But the order that they're in is a little bit different. I do have Terry McLaurin starting out my tier four. He's been a wide receiver, too before getting the upgrade as far as offensive coordinator is concerned. I think that's going to directly affect him. So um, I have him there. Another name that you put out there that you didn't have to convince me of, I have Calvin Ridley actually right behind Terry McLaurin, uh, followed up by Debo Samuel. Then I have DeAndre Hopkins, regardless of location. I don't see him as long as he's healthy and is on a team. I don't see him being much lower than in this general wide receiver two area. I do have Keenan Allen following him. I actually have both Tampa Bay wide receivers back to back. I do have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin back to back. And that's just because what I've known from Baker is that it's kind of the same thing that we've seen from um, another quarterback that you were talking about just a little bit ago, as far as, if Aaron Rodgers locks on to a person, that's going to be his guy, even sometimes when that person shouldn't necessarily be his guy. Um, I can see Baker kind of doing the same thing, but I don't know if his guy is going to be Evans or Godwin. But I don't think that he's a good enough quarterback to support two guys that are going to be upper echelon wide receivers. I think that would take a little bit more than what he has in his tank. Um, so Real quick, I, do, I, don't wanna, uh-huh. I don't want to cut you off right there. Yeah, yeah, go uh, ahead. There's, there's been some conversation. Uh, Carson Wentz has been seen in Tampa. He's been working out mm. with. Uh, he's been working out with John Gruden, uh, watching film with John Gruden. Wait, I thought Take, John Gruden was supposed to be coaching New Orleans. Um, coaching New Orleans. He was seen in Tampa, <laughs> watching film with John Gruden. <laughs> okay. <laughs> throwing, watching film with him and throwing with him. He's in the Tampa area. Take that whatever you want to take it you know do yeah. what you will with that information we've seen some of the clips come out of the camp of tampa bay uh, uh trask and, and mayfield them, they, they yeah. look like they they're in seventh grade you know <laughs> throwing the ball man so and, and actually if you if you put wentz there i definitely like mike evans at that point because wentz got a wentz can throw that deep ball I, I like that offense in general a whole lot better if wentz is the quarterback versus baker or kyle trash so yeah I also have Christian Watson following them up. And then the last two in this tier for me are going to be Jerry Judy and Michael Pittman Jr., who I think is going to be able to kind of take a step this year in the right direction, being as regardless of whether it's Minshew or Richardson, I think he'll have one of the better quarterbacks that he's played with in his very short career. Joe, go ahead and start out your tier five. Yeah, and this actually is my last tier, uh, actually. So in this one, I got uh, Jahan Dotson. I got Christian Watson. I got JSN here. I got uh, Michael Pittman, Marquise Brown. I got Jordan Addison. I got Traylon Burks, Rashard Bateman. I got Evans and Godwin here, Pickens and Gabe Davis. Real quick, Joe, did you hear the news about um, about Bateman still kind of being – you know, a little iffy as far as his uh, comeback is concerned? Or, or did you already consider that in your logic of where he ended up on your ranking? Right. I definitely took that into account, too, like what's going on with his situation. Yeah, definitely. Um, at 30, I had JSN, and that's the one that's, like, really sticking out. I think this move is really huge, and I really think um, just like how, like, and I hope it's not to draw a comparison to say he's going to be as successful, but, like, how Jamar Chase kind of snuck in on us, like, 
His last year, he sat out of college. We didn't know what he was going to be. Kind of, sort of. We knew what kind of athlete he was, you know, being that he what he did so, you know, early in his career at LSU. And then he came on the scene. I think that's what we're going to expect with JSN. Uh, we already know what he did in the three cone and the short shuttle. So I'm not going to be the, you know, headed, you know, whatever the analogy is. You know, I'm horrible with analogy. But what you what you do notice about his short his short and immediate uh, quickness is that it's off the charts. Like his skill set is off the charts. And I think we all know him to be an outside receiver. But when you have somebody like, you know, get, you know, Garrett Wilson there, you have Olave there. What was the need to put him outside to do anything? I think that's an under that's a one of those things like people think that he's just a slot receiver, but I think you can move him around a lot in this offense. I really think that it's really attainable that he has almost a thousand yards this season and at least five or six touchdowns. Like now is the time, like as an evaluator, because it's not even August. If you like a guy, or even if you want to take a look at uh, Njigba, just read around and just read the reports and everything. I don't look into minicamp. I think uh, athlete his caliber, he should be doing what he's doing in minicamp, but Lockett, I think the odd man out of this grouping, and I think you need to get on JSN because he's going to take off definitely. I think real quick on that before I said my guy, I think Lockett is another one of those guys in the Rodney Dangerfield bucket. You yes, know what I'm um, yes, yes, yes. Highly I every year, we, it's the same conversations in the preseason. Like Lockett isn't this; he's not that; he's not this, and just he just finds a way. He just finds a way, man. Yeah. So, um, Tyler Lockett last year played 16 games, 84 receptions on 117 targets, 1,033 yards, average of 12.3 yards per reception, nine touchdowns. He finished wide receiver 12, so he was a wide receiver one last year. I'm just saying. I, but just one second, I just got to chime into that. He's never had anybody push him in a long time. We've had Javon Curse. We had Eskridge right now that played with him last year. We had, but the year before that, all mediocre wide receivers to fill in the void at the slot position, you know, receiver position that allow him to kind of fluctuate and move around this offense. This is a totally different caliber. Like, I agree. What he's done in the last four years um, for Seattle is remarkable and on par with what Doug Baldwin uh, did for us. But this year, I, I, I can hear the, the, the story, like, kind of leaning towards it, it having – more truth than not with just the caliber of player we just got. So let me ask you this though: what, Why don't you think it'll be DK that might suffer a little bit? The real reason I say that DK played seventeen games, he had one thousand forty-eight yards, six touchdowns. He averaged eleven point six yards for per catch, and he was wide receiver sixteen. So it it it, it kind of feels like Geno may you know, maybe a little bit closer or a little bit more in lockstep with Lockett, pardon the pun, than he was with DK. So you don't think that that rapport that was there last year that made him a wide receiver one is going to kind of still be there and it'll be JSN that kind of has to get a vibe with the quarterback, if you will? I think, honestly, and that's why I kind of moved Metcalf up my list. What I had Metcalf at 13, so a little bit higher from where he finished last year. He needed this addition. Like, Metcalf had all the routes, like, you know, as far as the routes run and everything like that, he really drew a lot of the coverage and, and the opposition. Like, and he was asked to do things that's in his framework, but it was a necessity to kind of move the ball. Again, you get somebody with JSN that you can give him a hitch route, a crossing route, a slant, and this guy can take it to the house. We've seen what, he, you know, there's like – Again, I don't like to go into hype. What I am, what I can say is what his attributes are, what it transitions to and means in the NFL. We've seen what the Olave could do. And by all accounts, Garrett Wilson and Olave has gone on to say who's the best route receiver in that group was. It wasn't like it was clear, you know, what his presence is. This helps Metcalf, but at the expense of a locket. Because now the what he had to do out of necessity, so like the comebacks, you know what I mean? The the three routes, the, you know, the six, all those different, you know, now he can be the one that ran on the field, you know what I mean? Run go routes and do what he more of what he was doing, you know, this, the season before last. I think he gets the back to that kind of receiver. Gino and Seattle is going to pass a lot more um, than we passed last year. Again, it's just 
if you can think Olave, how he what he was able to do from the slot and and someone from the outside, I think you can kind of mirror that to what you can expect from JSM. But again, it, it, all he needs is one inch of daylight, and JSM is going to pay dividends when he catches the ball. Uh, real quick though, I don't want to stand this too long, but they don't play the same position, so I don't understand why. And I don't know if they're going to be running the same type of routes. So I don't know why people think that he's going to affect Lockett per se. Like Rocket is getting Lockett is getting more vertical. Well, I think you know he's playing on the outside. With this guy playing the slot, I'm trying to figure out why would who played think. the slot last year for Seattle? They had like Eskridge, didn't guys yeah, like that? Eskridge, you know Godwin, yeah, so so that though those guys are going to be the one off the field now. Correct, but I'm just trying to figure out why they think that Lockett would be affected by JSN. When he's the guy that's getting deep, that's 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 my question, Joe. Maybe you, you the Seattle guy, so I don't if understand anything, why. With JSN's route running, he should be, you know, making the safeties kind of take a little extra long of a peek, which should help blocking the DK get open. Honestly, so we'll see well, a good way. So, so I know you didn't want to say it, but to answer his question relatively quickly, oh, let's yeah, look yeah. at let's look at a a Cincinnati build right where you have Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Boyd. Right now, how can I articulate this so it can make sense? In our offense, you got to think this is Waldron is from the Rams, right? The principles like he's going to like he's been implementing and installing. Again, we only had DK and for the longest and Lockett to to that was our offense. Those three, and then we had Everett for that one year before he went on to uh, San Diego. Again, it's the caliber of guy that we bringing in. So within three miles, not three, I don't want to call them alphas, but you know, because I think Metcalf is the alpha. But with three, a three-headed monster, Metcalf ain't gonna Metcalf gonna eat regardless. He's a menace. Lockett is more nuanced in, than anybody. Where to your point, he does run more the deeper routes. He does run, you know, some of the more intermediate routes. But again, with the with a slot receiver his caliber, like look at Alave. So not to maybe be long winded, Alave paid a lot in the slot. But oh, we seen him get a lot of crosses, a lot of slants, stuff that all it is is three steps, boom, boom, just getting the ball in his hand. Jason is that that same guy, is that same explosive guy. We seen it work with the success of Jefferson with a Cooper Cup. I'm not putting him in that realm. But again, this is a Shane Waldron, a, a McVeigh type of guy philosophically you're now getting the most pivotal piece to that kind of offense to open it up all together Metcalf is only gonna like I said he's gonna have to do he ran certain routes out of necessity now he can go through the go routes now he can do all the deeper routes and everything else so who else is gonna be if Metcalf gonna finally he's not gonna have to you can't account for everybody so the same coverage and double teams they would slide into Metcalf it's now gonna have to bring, bring attention to you know, either Lockett or the slot. And I feel like if anybody's going to be impacted, it's going to be Lockett more than anything. For my tier five, I start at wide receiver 28, and I actually go through wide receiver 42 in my tier five. So Mike Williams, Kadarius Toney, Drake London, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Ayuk, Deontay Johnson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, George Pickens, Jahan Dotson, Marquise Hollywood Brown, Traylon Burks at 39, and rounded it out at number 40 for me is Brandon Cooks. Going with the theme that uh, Vander has so eloquently put out there, another Rodney Dangerfield of the NFL. This dude puts up numbers with every quarterback he's been with, regardless of whether they're a Hall of Famer or someone who shouldn't have a job. And he just seems to get overlooked like all the time. Like he consistently puts up mid-level wide receiver two to back end wide receiver two, top end wide receiver three numbers. And I think he just gets forgotten about. And fortunately for him and the Dallas offense, he's the piece that they've been missing as far as wide receiver is concerned. He's the guy that I believe is going to make Dak look like the quarterback that he can be. Because Lamb was trying to be a run-and-go-getter receiver. That's not his natural position. He's more of like a big slot, if you will. But having Cook now on the outside, I think that helps everything in this offense kind of get up and go. But the question is now going to be, 
should they have kept Kellen Moore and kept that same offense while getting Cook, or is the offense that the uh, head coach uh, McCarthy is going to run is that going to kind of bring everything a, a, a little bit back closer to the vest as far as Dallas offense is concerned? But I do believe that Brandon Cooks is going to be right there in that tier five of wide receiver. What say you gentlemen as far as he's concerned or, or anyone else that was in there that might have taken you aback? I like I really like Brandon Cooks this year. I think he's going to be, again, like I was going to remind the people, we're down here in tier five. We're we talking about guys that wide receiver twos, and some are peaking. Again, you have Lockett down this far. You know, Zay just said he finished, what, 12 overall last year? Yep, he was he was um, the last wide receiver one last year. So there you go. Like, you can find these guys. Some of them are ranked this low due to a combination of things, whether new coordinators, new quarterbacks, age, new teammates, you know, you name it. Um, so the rankings kind of push them in certain ways. But the way they can finish the talent, it can also, you know, rise them up really fast. And this in the NFL is a real thin line between the guy who finished 15 and the guy who finished 25th. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? It's not one really touchdown maybe pile. like you know receivers 28 through 40. Maybe right. one touchdown different. Just want to keep that as a reminder so people won't be like, oh man, he's a wide receiver five. No, no, this is a tier ranking. So I just want everybody to, you know, remember that part. But I really love Brandon Cooks this year. I think that was a really good pickup by the Cowboys have made some pretty good decisions. I like the addition to him. I love the addition of Gilmore on this squad this year. So. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Having Gilmore and Diggs back there, and now Diggs can take a few more chances because he's not the one they're depending on at, at corner. So I, I think that'll work out well. But that pretty much wraps up our first edition of wide receiver rankings. I will go ahead and give you wide receivers 41 through 80 on next week. But for today, we out.